everyone, this is Klaatu, and uh, this is Hacker Public Radio. I'm recording this not in my traditional uh, environment, so if you hear servers in the background or anything humming, that is because I'm in my office right now, uh, having been made homeless for a good week while I'm transitioning from one apartment to another. So I apologize for sound quality if it is suffering. And uh, since Dave Yates in his latest episode decided to start a new segment called What is in My Bag, an exciting new segment, I'm going to get that out of the way right now. What is in my bag is all my personal belongings. Clothes, uh, computers, that's all I own. So there you go. Okay, so um, uh, this episode is going to be about setting up Pine or Alpine to work with um, IMAP specifically, although a lot of this will apply if you're just doing it with a regular POP account as well. So, first of all, the obligatory, what is Pine? Well, Webster's Dictionary defines Pine as um, an email client. It's a text or a command line based email client. And it was developed, I think, by the University of Washington. You can get all this information on the interweb, um, just, you know, Google Pine email client, you'll get all the history about it. It's fairly well time-honored, and, and, you know, a lot of people used it back in the days when they were on, like, whatever version of the internet existed on the campuses at universities and stuff like that. And th- this will help you understand the way that Pine works, so it's kind of good to imagine. Um you know, a university having whatever kind of network they had, you know, you would get your user account name, and you could sign in, and you could go into Pine, um, and, you know, it's the traditional multi-user system, right? So, fairly recently, we'll come back to that, fairly recently Pine uh, was discontinued. Uh, it's been around for a while, you know, and they, they kind of stopped development on it. You can still use it, um, but you could also opt to use the uh, the, the the current developed uh, program called Alpine, A-L-P-I-N-E, and um, I don't know if these are ac- uh, acronyms or anything, or if they're just catchy names, but Alpine is the um, is the latest version of this kind of setup, and in fact, if you launch, if you have both on your system and you launch them both, you will not be able to tell them apart, really, I mean, they're exactly the same uh, in look and feel, it's just Alpine has some cool features, like uh, tab to completion, so if you've got, like, a couple of addresses in your address book, you go to enter the name, you hit tab, and it completes it for you. It's quite nice. So I'm going to probably end up saying Pine and Alpine. Just assume I'm talking about the same thing, and basically you can assume that I'm talking about either Pine or Alpine. I'm not going to give you the URLs for either of these, because typically what you'll be able to do if you're running Linux is just install it from your repo. If your repo doesn't have it, Google for Pine or Alpine email client, and you will find the link to it. They're both on university websites, and they're both very easy to download. And as a matter of fact, they're both really easy to uh, compile. Um, Alpine, I was able to compile on basically every system I had. Uh, uh, Slackware, Mandriva, um, I didn't try it on Fedora, uh, and OS X. So there were really easy compiles. Uh, I think for OS X you have to set a couple of flags like enable OS X binaries or something like that. It's on their website. It's just like one little thing that you have to pass while you're compiling, or two actually, two 
two little options, but it's really easy and it works really well. Okay, and now you're, I know I can hear it already, you're saying, well, why do I want to use Alpine Clat 2? Answer is you probably don't. Um, you probably want your little, you know, your, your Thunderbirds and your, your evolutions and your, um, your, your other email clients that have all the fancy colors and the drag and dropping and stuff like that. However, there are two things that you might, three, three reasons you actually might want to use Alpine. Number one is if you actually do find yourself in a terminal or in a console a lot, during the day, it's just a bother to go back out to the GUI. Like, however you escape the console, sometimes it's just too much, you know, you're just always flipping over to the GUI, and that just kind of gets bothersome after a while. So you might want to do it for that reason. Number two, you might want to um, use it simply to become familiar with a, you know, a, a terminal-based email client. It's it's kind of a cool skill to have, so it's, it's kind of fun to teach yourself that. I mean, there's not a whole lot to learn at this point about the GUI email clients, right? You've got that down, probably. So it is kind of fun to learn something new. Uh, and the third one is because, um, you know, the whole myth of it being faster, you know, the terminal, it's just all text, it's so fast, oh, it's so great. Um, so you can do it for that reason, too, if you're finding that the... GUI-based applications just horribly slow. Uh, not that I've actually had any problem with GUI-based email clients being slow lately, but in theory, you know, it could, could happen. could be a problem for you. So, um, so we've installed it, we've decided we want to use it, great. Let's launch it. So obviously you go out to a console or a terminal, type in Pine or Alpine, what I did was I just made an alias in my bash uh, profile and made an alias so that if I do type in pine, which I'm, I was used to, uh, then it would just launch Alpine anyway. So um, if you need to find out where Alpine is, you can type in which Alpine, W-H-I-C-H space Alpine. That will tell you like if, where is it is, like slash user, slash bin, slash alpine, whatever. So once you're there, you'll see a main menu. This is the main menu you're going to see a lot because it's the first screen you see anytime you launch alpine. And it's got a couple of different options, uh, the first of which we will be going into uh, is setup. So you hit S as in setup, and then you hit C as in config. This is a ridiculously long config file. This thing, I mean, it's menu-based, it's very easy to navigate, but it's, it's just really, really long. It has every option you could possibly want. Now that is bonus reason number four that you might want to use Pine, or Alpine. You might want to look at this program, because if you at all have the occasion, or the need, or the desire to modify a lot of the headers they go out on an email. It, I think you might find it fairly difficult to do that on, on a lot of the GUI apps. But on Pine, you've got a lot of control over what exactly is displayed in the header files of the email. Now, obviously, that's not going to, it's not going to include things like originating IP address and, and what IP addresses it, his, it goes through along the path. But if you need to modify a lot of the little minute details that some people will, you know, look in the header files for. Pine gives you access to all that kind of stuff. So the first field there is personal name. That's the, the field that is going to be visible in a person's inbox, like when it says from Klaatu, 
or, you know, from Klaatu, last name, whatever. But whatever you want it to say there, that's what you're going to put in personal name. User domain. Okay, so now you're thinking, well, so the domain is one thing and my personal name is another thing. Where's the rest of it? Like, where's the, where's the username? You know, where's the, where's the thing that my email provider has as my login name? Well, that's going to be in a different menu, uh, and it's it's a little bit of a setup in this different menu that you have to do like a reply to option, and we'll do that in a little while. So basically, the user domain is going to be whoever your provider is, whether it's you know like gmail.com, for instance, or like if you're at a company, let's say I work at um, at uh, Hacker Public Radio, right? Maybe they have an IMAP server set up, so it would be personal name, Klaatu, user domain. HackerPublicRadio.org, SMTP server. Again, I'm gonna just I'm gonna say that this is an IMAP uh, setup because that's more complicated than POP. If this is POP, you probably I mean if you've ever set up an email client before, you you just do the same thing. It's really really simple. SMTP server. Uh, let's just say it is relay.hackerpublicradio.com. Uh, the inbox path. You can leave that. Um, no, you can't leave that as the default for IMAP. Actually, you have to you have to change that. So what that's going to be, and again, this obviously this always depends on how the system admin of this of this company would have it set up. But I'll do an example. So inbox path, you can hit enter, and it'll take you into that field, and you can type in, for instance, uh, curly bracket, uh, let's say mail.hackerpublicradio.org slash user equals so that's the word user, U-S-E-R, equals, and then your actual username that you're going to use to sign into the, G- the, the, um, the email account. So if my username was actually, let's say, um, not Klaatu, then I would need to put that in there, right? So my personal name that I want people to see, that can be anything I want. It can be Klaatu, it can be um, hacker, public radio host, it could be anything. But the username needs to be what you sign in for. Like if you were going to go to the web-based interface or something like that, that's going to be your username. So that's going to be um, very specific. That's that's the account that you have with that Gmail, that, that email provider. So e- uh, user equals, let's say, not Klaatu. And then slash. Now if they're doing SSL and stuff like that and you don't have uh, the key files that you need, for this to all happen very smoothly, you will need to put no validate dash cert. No validate dash cert. And then you can close the curly brackets and then type in inbox. And I did it all in caps and it works. So that is basically telling Pine or Alpine uh, that your inbox does not exist on your computer. It exists on the server. You've got a lot of different folders that you can set up. You've got incoming archive folders. You've got pruned folders. Uh, you've got a default FCC, which is file carbon copy, uh, which is sort of your sent folder, basically. So you can do that again, curly bracket, mail.hackerpublicradio.org, slash user equals not clat2, slash, and again, if there's SSL stuff going on here, um, because I don't have the SSL uh, files that I need for it to happen automatically, I had to put slash TLS, that's um, Tango, L's, and Loser, and S's, and Setup, slash no validate dash cert, and then close curly bracket, and then the word sent. And again, I just, I used a capital S, 
lowercase ent. I don't know if it matters, but it certainly works. Um, and you've got saved message folders and things like that. You've got a literal signature file, which is where you can you can hit return there and you can put a, a, you know some text. Uh, there's also, if you opt out of that, you can have a signature file that it will attach to your email uh, as well. So, lots of different options here. One of the cool options, uh, I mean, I could obviously go through every single option on here. It would be a lot better if you just kind of scroll through. Like I say, this configuration setup is really, really long. But one of the cool um, options is you can enable an alternate editor. So if you don't want to necessarily just type your emails in the little interface that Pine provides you, which is kind of, I would say, uh, well, actually, I, I think it actually is Pico. So if you've ever used Pico, it would, it'll be very familiar to you. Um, because I think Pico and Pine are made by the same people. Um, or same university or something. But you could, you could enable, you know, Vim or Emacs or something like that. Now, in order for that to happen automatically, you will need to go down to enable-alternate-editor-implicitly and hit X, and that marks that on. And then you can keep going down the list until you find a field called editor. And then you can tell it how, what editor you want to use when you're down in the, uh, the actual body of the email. And you can set that. You need to set the full path. So you can't just type in Vim or Emacs. You have to do, you know, user slash bin slash, slash user slash bin slash Emacs or whatever you're going to use. Uh, and the point is that you can do all this, and it'll be great, and you can just go crazy with the options. I would I would advise not doing anything too crazy at first, because you just want to kind of make sure that you get it up and running, you know? So don't don't start out with a whole bunch of variables so that you don't know if the error is with you, how you set it up, or, you know, if it's just an error because you did some weird option in all these setups. So I would keep it simple first. Once you're finished, you can hit E as an exit, and it should ask you if you want to save your um, save your settings. And after you hit E and yes, you save Y for yes, you're back at the main menu. All right, we would almost be ready to go right now. In fact, we are. I mean, technically speaking, you can hit compose C for compose. You can compose a message, and it will as long as you've got access to that server that you that you entered in. Um, you will be asked possibly for your password, and then it will send your message. Now, I, I actually advise doing that thing right now because it's helpful to see, it's really interesting to see where it comes from. So I did that, and I sent it to one of my email addresses and looked at the, you know, the reply to and the from, and it's basically what it does by default is it takes the username of just your normal login name. So if your Linux login name is um, John, but your, you know, the email identity that you have is Klaatu, uh, then suddenly your emails are going out from, like, John at whatever your computer's name is. So if you've, if you've even bothered setting up your domain and your, um, yeah, your domain name of your computer for your, your internal network, you know, if you've got, like, darkstar.com, then your email is going to be showing up as john at you know, from from john at darkstar.com that is probably not correct so if someone says reply sends you a message back uh, chances are 
they are not going to reach you. So what you need to do is go in and set up a rule. And this rule will tell Pine or Alpine to, instead of using the system default, to substitute the name in for something else. Now the exception here would be if your username happens to be your real username for your email client, for your email service, um, and it's the same as your login name, and it's the same as the actual address of your email. If you've got, if you're just really consistent and you use, you know, the same name for everything, then honestly you might be ready to go. But uh, otherwise, if you haven't set, you know, ex explicitly the uh, the place that this is being sent from, then um, then it's going to take just the system defaults. And actually, you know what? It might not take the domain name of your computer because we set the uh, the domain name in the setup. So so actually, it'll, it'll just be using your your Linux you know login username. Point is, it's not going to get back to you. So what you need to do is you go to uh, setup again. So that's S, and then you go to rules R, and then you go to um, roles, which is R again. So it's rules and then roles. Um, there will be a blank screen because you don't have any roles set up yet, uh, and so that you you can then say that you want to add a role, and that is the A for add. And once again, you're greeted with a really, really long um, uh, list of, of options. Luckily, there's only about, I don't know, maybe six or seven fields that we actually have to touch here. Uh, the first thing that we should do is give it a nickname. This role, we should give like a, a, a name to it. So you can say, okay, the nickname is going to be, you know, um, reply to. And then you can also give it a comment. So you go down to comment, which is the next line, and hit return, and then it'll get you a screen. And you can, you can just explain to yourself, you know, why this exists. So that if you're sorting through these things later on, you, um, you, have, you have some idea of why it's here, what, what function it's serving. Uh, so then what you can do is... Uh, the current folder type, I think by default email will be selected, which you could do, but basic, I think it's just easier to, to hit, to mark any, because any, that way if you, if you happen to be doing, you know, using Pine for, um, news groups or something like that, then when you send something to a news group, it'll, it'll also give your correct, you know, contact information. So I, I put any. Uh, the next option really isn't until um, it's pretty far down. Let me find it. It's initialize settings using role, and that is that's not that far down. Um, so you want to initialize settings using role set from. See, you're just setting the from field, and then you can say, okay, so my 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 name is uh, Klaatu, and the actual email is not Klaatu at hackerpublicradio.org. You can set the reply to. I found that this was not necessary. Um, by default, from what I can tell, everything when you hit reply, it, it 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 replies to the from. So I didn't really bother setting that. Uh, but if you're finding you know, if something goes wrong, that, that would be somewhere to start. Now, the uses of this rule um, are next, and that's, that's not very far down at all. It's like one, one section down. It says reply using. Uh, you want to just have it reply using that 
without confirmation, you want to use the forwarding without confirmation, and you want to compose without confirmation. So this is a rule that is just always going to happen. This is your, this is basically a, practically a, a system preference at this point for your for your user environment. Once you're finished setting all that up, you hit E again for exit setup. It should, again, confirm that you want to save it and everything. You do. And then you can exit the setup menu, and you're back in the main menu. So it's E and then E again. Um, and now you're back in the main menu, and you will see that you've got, like I say, you've got an address book, and you've got uh, C to compose. Uh, an email. You also have I for your message index. Now, I for message index will just take you to a listing of inbox, sent mail, saved ma messages, things like that. So that's just, you know, your normal tree of folders that you would expect. Uh, you can go into any of those and they should show you everything on the IMAP server. Pretty much as simple as that. The options are down at the bottom. Like I say, if you've ever used Pico, you're going to find Pine really pretty familiar. It's uh, got the same little style to it. You know, the options down at the bottom, uh, just really easy to understand. And as you can tell from this tutorial already, I think, I mean, it's really easy to, to set up. It's just, it's a question of going to configuration menus and looking through the options that you know would matter from your experience of setting up a, a uh, email client in the past. Now, the address book is pretty nice. You can just go down to that if you want, or hit A for address book. And this is um, this is a list of people and their email addresses and stuff like that. You can, you can put that in. The only way I really know how to do it is by hand. There might be a way to import this from something else. I'm really not sure. I, I just don't have that many people on the system that I'm using this for that I really need to have in an address book. So I, I did that by hand. But the cool thing about Alpine, like I say, is once you're once you're finished that, let me exit my address book, and once you're done with that, you can hit C for compose. And you'll see that it prefaces it with a from field, which should be already filled in for you using the, the rule that you've defined. And then there's the to field, and you can put in whatever you want. So we'll put in a test email at, you know, whatever.com. You can CC it, you can add an attachment, type in the subject field, subject, and then you go down one and it takes you straight into your editor. And that's pretty nice. And I'm back and I see my message. My signature file, or my signature appears at the bottom, just as expected. So now I'm going to send it, right? So it's control X to send, and then it says, are you sure you want to send that? And you say yes. And it sends. And it's as simple as that. If you want to cancel, you can do Control-C and then C again for confirm. Uh, and then it will send that email. And it really is that easy. And someone will get it in their inbox. They will see it. They will reply to it. And when you go to Message Index, that is I from the main menu, you will see their email in your big list of emails. And there are little letter codes by each email, you know, telling you if it's um, if it's a new message or if it's a little bit old, things like that. So um, that's really it. That's that's Pine. Um, just to reiterate that the um, the server type is obviously going to matter a lot, and it's going to matter a lot on who's setting this up, and you know the names of the servers and the the, the username and things like that. So you might have to do a little bit of investigation to find out 
you know, is this mail.example.com or is this, um, is this imap.example.com or is it something entirely different, you know? So figure that out before you set about this. It's going to be easier, um, to go in with, with that kind of information. You know, you're not doing anything weird here. You're allowed to ask your IT person, like if you're in a company or something, for that information. That's that's normal stuff for them to tell you, so don't hesitate to ask for that kind of information. Um, and remember to use your real username. Me at work, I had I have a username that I use to get into the, you know, like the web interface and things like that, but then I had had the IT guys set up an alias for me. And I was, for a little while, while I was setting up my Pine... Uh, Alpine, I was putting in my, you know, the alias name, forgetting that that was not actually my username, and obviously that did not work, so use your username, you'll be prompted for a password when you first launch Alpine, usually, um, and then from then on, you'll you'll be in, and you'll be good to go. So that is how to use Alpine, and use it with IMAP. Uh, like I say, you can use pop, uh, pop uh, stuff as well, it's just, you know, instead of Instead of filling in IMAP stuff, it's it's pop dot you know example dot com usually. And again, you'll have to figure out what your server actually has you doing. Um, it could be anything in theory, but it's it's pretty much just like any other email client. It's all it's all there in the setup config uh, menu. Type that stuff in, send email, receive email, delete it, store it, live your life digitally online. It's really cool. So have fun with it. Um, and uh, thanks for listening to Hacker Public Radio. This has been Klaatu, and it's been my pleasure talking to you about Alpine and IMAP. Good day. Thank you for listening to Hacker Public Radio. HPR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.